we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Well, 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 well That sounds like a party Welcome, ladies and and gentlemen, to this fine radio program Podcast and video extravaganza known internationally as the world famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to the Pentultimate Show. Pentultimate. Well, actually, that's not really right. So usually, like if you're watching a uh, like like a, a TV series, right, and it's in its final season, and then the show before the finale is the Pentultimate Show. I, I, that's the only reason I know that because I learned it watching TV. I but see. Uh, but this is the show before the big anniversary show. The show before so that's the why show. it feels penultimate. But we're not ending at the anniversary. We'll keep going. It's just, so. it's just a show before a real big deal. That's right. So we'll call it the pent real big deal. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Today's show is uh, of course as we always do uh, going to be discussing craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. I love those things. My name is Cruz. My co-host is Ian Barry. Welcome to the show. And we want to say big thanks by the way to last week's. Special guests who, interestingly enough, one of which we had just gotten an email requesting, hey, how come you don't have him on more? And that was uh, Mr. Alan Denning. So, Alan, it was fun having you on the show. Thanks for the beers that you brought. And, of course, Roberto Rivas Villar, who uh, sat in. And, and we did la- last week's show. If you missed it, you got to go back and listen to the podcast. Because we did something where, I mean, we took this on so you don't have to. That's right. That's it right. was the bottom shelf bourbon blind taste test. And interestingly enough... There were a couple in there that were really pretty good. Yeah, so it's it's funny how that turned out because like you expect, oh, okay, well, one of the criteria was no bottle over fifteen dollars. Yeah, right. And uh, and a few of those bottles were actually pretty darn good whiskey. Yeah, and you know? and they weren't even necessarily the ones that were right at the fifteen dollar mark. I think that's right. One of the ones we liked best was like ten nine dollars. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, funny enough, you'd expect us to to hate. There was some really bad ones in there. There were most of them were lack of flavor more than anything. Right. I, not any. There were not many. Maybe one or two that I just didn't like. Yeah. There was one of them that tasted a lot like uh, you know those little pebble stones that everyone puts around their pool and they get wet and slippery. <laughs> I don't know. Tasted what those, a lot like that. I don't know what one of those tastes like. <laughs> but I can only imagine, but I don't believe I could actually. Uh, mm, it has a note of rock. I don't know. Uh, how would you say? <laughs> Fused with a stone uh, note. So chlorine, um, chlorine infused pebble walkway. That's right. That's right. I get it, though. I know what you're getting at. Well, uh, in any case, we want to thank uh, those guys for coming and doing the blind taste test with us last week. Oh, now, they were a blast. Now, next week is. Our big anniversary show, it's show number 333 for Smoking and Toasting, and it is going to be, uh, we're just celebrating it as our second big anniversary yes. show. We'll be live at a uh, location in downtown Houston, and uh, we'll be out on a balcony, unless it's uh, rain. Currently, the forecast is no rain but hot, so we might get a little sweaty, but we'll enjoy smoking cigars, drinking. We've asked every single guest who's ever been on the program is invited to come, bring bottles or cans or or cigars or whatever they want to bring, we all pass around and share, and we all enjoy each other's company and talk about 
you know what's going on in the industry. Talk about what our favorite things are. Talk about what we're tasting. Oh, it's and be it's good. kind of a free for all, to be nice. totally honest with you. And uh, so next week's show, for those who hear us in uh, on broadcast radio, you'll have your normal you know two hour show. Those of you who are with us in podcast world or watch the video, there will be a bonus segment once the two hour radio show portion of it is over. And that bonus segment will be as l- exactly as long as uh, yeah. we keep talking. Exactly, and and that can be a long time as most. Of you probably know. So, <laughs> so uh, we have a really interesting show for you today. We're going to talk about summer beers. We have a list of some exciting summer beers. We're going to be tasting at least one really good summer beer. And our show beer today, uh, we call it show beer, which is the one that we open and drink that we're not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily being featured on the show. It's just something we're drinking as we get started on the show because it usually takes us until several segments in. Till we start the tasting, and you know, God knows we can't go that long without a beer. So uh, today's show beer is Summer Pills from uh, from St. Arnold, Arnold's, yeah. which is a wonderful summer beer. I, I, yeah, I love their uh, I love their character. Anytime you see a St. Arnold, if you're ever in the Houston uh, or Texas area, because you'll find it uh, pretty pretty much regionally around um, Dallas, even uh, Austin. Those mm-hmm. areas, yeah, Fort you can Worth find it all over Texas. Yeah. Um, they have the patron. Patron saint of brewers, Saint Which Arnold, is Saint Arnold and, yeah. uh, and they have a little story. As a as Bishop of Metz, Saint Arnold spent his life warning of the dangers of drinking water and extolling the virtues of beer. During his that's funeral, my kind of saint. His pallbearers stopped to quench their thirst, but they only had one mug to share among them. Then a miracle happened. The mug never ran dry, and all mourners were satisfied. This this is a dude you want to party with, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, you know, the beers just keep on coming. I love it. St. Arnold, thank you, sir. Oh, man. Uh, and thank you to the St. Arnold Brewery. They're Honestly, they're one of my all-time favorites, uh, not just because they're local. When I moved away from Houston... Uh, for a number of years and lived up in the Northeast, St. Arnold was one of the things I missed the most. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was it was they, nice. They're they're, the, they're one of our core beers down here. That's just like <laughs> always sure. go to. And we're gonna have one of their beers uh, on our tasting today. I'll get Ooh. to that in a moment. But in addition to um, our show beer, we'll be doing some interesting tasting from Brooklyn Brewery uh, in oddly enough Brooklyn, New York. Uh, we'll be tasting their summer ale. It's a, a sunny pale ale, and it is just released for the summer. Brooklyn makes great stuff. They make really, really good ales. And then Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales, known uh, known far and wide for their wild ales and their farmhouse ales. But we'll be trying a golden ale. It is their Oro, Oro, Wild Artisan Golden Ale. They're based out of Jolly Michigan. Jolly Pumpkin's great. And then I mentioned St. Arnold. We'll be trying something I have not tasted yet. I'm very excited about this. I've been saving this to bring it on the show. The St. Arnold Tarnation it is an unreasonably strong ale. Yes, At least it that's is. how they. You had it. I, <laughs> yes, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. yeah, I had a feeling. Come you on, might if Saint Arnold comes out with it, yeah. you know I'm buying a six pack. So I don't see. I had a feeling you might have. You might have had that actually. Yeah. But uh, but we'll be tasting it officially on the show, and I haven't had it yet, so I'm very excited about this. Um, we'll also be tasting some rum, an El Dorado, twelve year old rum, and uh, this is the bottle here, Ian. And I've not done my it's usual. A, it's a pretty bottle. I've not done my usual clearing of the neck and taking off oh, of the. Oh my goodness. Uh, uh, so I want to warn you to be especially, I'll be careful, especially careful when you open Now, normally that what he's talking about, for, for those of you just joining us, what he's talking about is, generally speaking, whenever Cruz brings in a bottle of spirits, uh, he's already taken the top off, you know, the, the plastic, the plastic or overwrap, the foil yes. in the case of this. and then he Because usually, you can get a nasty paper cut or plastic cut. He usually will clear the, the neck down just a little bit, mm-hmm. and I think that's to avoid spills that's and right. keep up with OSHA compliance. Exactly. So. 
I'm glad you. I'm glad you understand the real yeah, reason I do, for I do this. Understand that. <laughs> All right. So we'll be getting to that as well on the program, and we're going to be bringing you a special edition of everybody's favorite segment. It's drinking news on today's uh, drinking news teaser headline. Here it is. I once was lost, but now I'm found. How many teaser headlines have their own little uh, musical uh, (laughs) riff? I like that. Yeah, I like that. It totally works. Uh, So we'll look forward to uh, drinking news on the program. And, of course, we're going to talk a lot about uh, summer beers. We're also going to talk about the best whiskeys of 2023. make me feel fine. I'm sorry, what? The... (laughs) <laughs> I know that's your favorite I song. I really hate that song. Uh, I really do. It's like the worst. You're welcome. Now it's stuck uh, in your yeah, head. Oh, I know. For the rest of the day. I hate you. I really hate you. Uh, we'll also be talking about the best whiskeys of 2023 so far, according to a very important list. But first, we have to get to our very important mystery beverage, and Ian has brought it in today. I did. I actually had one ready to go, and you walked in and said, I got, I a, like, no, I got a mystery beer. beverage for okay, you. So, uh, and this one is a beer. I can tell by looking at it. It is a beer. So mystery beverage is what we do from time to time on the show where at least one of us doesn't know what it is we're tasting. So I'm bringing you, actually, uh, as a mystery beverage, I'm bringing you one of my go-tos. So that's encouraging. Because I worry when you bring the mystery <laughs> beverage. I worry that you're malording me. Uh, no. Yeah. Because Ian, Ian brought malort on the show the first time and got me. That's And funny. that was all well and good. That's really but funny. But when he did it the second time. Oh, it was funnier. Oh, that, that was, yeah. yeah <laughs> it, was, it, was it was funny. It was really all right. funnier. All right. But if this is one of your go-tos, I'm guessing this isn't going to be bad. Well, I mean, I don't think so. Like, what Ooh. do you think? What are you getting on the nose? Like, what are you thinking? Uh, dates and uh, just kind of a heavy caramel. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of fruit, I guess. Yeah, it is very fruity. I mean, that's what I meant when I said dates, but yeah, it's definitely dark fruit. Yeah, much, much fruit going on mm-hmm. in this thing. I can't Mas wait to try a sip. Here we go. Drum roll, please. And is he disappointed? Not at all. Although I get much more like a cocoa vibe, a sort of a chocolate vibe on the palate. There is a, a strange bit of chocolateiness mm-hmm. in there. Uh, this is, this bit is of, one. A little bit of coffee, a little bit of chocolate, and the dark fruits that you mentioned. And what are we tasting here, my friend? This is the Real Ale Brewing Company uh, Black Quad Quadruple mm-hmm. Ale. A Trappist So this is a quadruple. I would not have guessed. Delicious dark side is what it says. I would not have guessed. I would guess it to be maybe, although it doesn't quite have a stout's mouthfeel. I would have guessed it to be something more like a stout, just because of the chocolate and coffee. So notes. this is so drinkable. You're talking about summer beers. This mm-hmm. is this is something I drink in the summer. What is uh, the ABV on this? Uh, well, it's. <laughs> do you really want to know? <laughs> yeah, I do. Ten point five. Holy moly! That may be more than the Tarnation and you Strong Ale, which I think is around nine. You can get it in this handy dandy one pint uh, can delivery system. Of course, because you you, you don't want to open that up and just have a little bit. You want to you want to. I mean, you may only have three beers, but you, you know. know, I'm going to a family reunion. And we're going to be floating down the river on inner tubes. Uh, yeah, later bring this these summer. This seems perfect for inner <laughs> tube floating. Bring these. Oh um, man. So yeah. So real they're so funny. They used to only have this in the bomber. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they have them in these cans, which are brilliant. It's a, a one pint can, um, one pint, th- uh, one pint and three point two fluid ounces can. So it's a, a taller than a tall boy, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it costs like three or four dollars. And real ale is, and it's fantastic. They're out of the Texas Hill Country, right? Yeah, they're just outside of uh, San Antonio, Blanco, Texas. Mm-hmm. Yep, I've been there. Uh, yeah, so um, and and there's not a whole lot of information about this on the can. They just have this dark-looking monk with a 
with a, a glass of beer in his hand, and uh, and it comes in at ten and a half percent. Honestly, Ian, it's quite good. It's real good, yeah, isn't it's it? It's quite good. Like the uh, more I sip on this, the better I it's like. It's one it. of those you see in the single can section, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think a lot of people would overlook it because it just. What's a can of that cost? Do you remember? It, it, like uh, I think it's less than four dollars. I think it's wow. like three ninety five or something like that's that. That's impressive for a can of this, and it's outstanding. It's so you know, good. The size of that can is really interesting. Might be five dollars if I'm really outside. It's really interesting. The size of that can is Man, something I that has become had a dollar for every time I heard that. <laughs> it's something that's become a big deal. The nineteen point two ounce craft beer cans. Yeah. Sales of these are surging, they say, at convenience stores. Mm. So you may have walked in and seen, like, you know, like a big, uh, you know, Lagunitas or a Voodoo Ranger or, uh, you know, maybe something from. Um, you can buy Shiner like this. You can buy yeah, from a Shiner, bunch right? Of them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, what's the uh, Sierra Nevada yeah, stuff yeah. is available about that? Apparently, these things are selling like crazy. Now, I don't mind having one of these out of this size can if I'm. Someplace where I've got like a cold glass I can pour it into and and enjoy it, not let it get warm. But one of the things I'm not crazy about is they're selling them these size now at concerts. And by the time I get to the end of that can, my beer is not nearly that's, as cold that's as I want my be, beer to be. Okay, there's two things you need to do when you go to a concert that you know selling these kind of cans. First okay. thing is, one, bring a koozie. Right. Okay, all you That's up smart. north that are listening to this, koozies are these devices that you put on your can that keep the can cold and um, insulated from your hands. Right. So it's an insulation device. Now, yes. you might think to yourself, well, if, if you live in Michigan, for instance, why would I need to keep my can cold? Well, it does this other thing, too. When you're standing out in the cold, it keeps your hand from getting so cold right. because you're holding on to exactly. a cold can. Exactly. It's a much warmer thing to so hold. So it actually so. does a few different things. It's, it's, uh, it's quite an awesome thing. But here's the thing. When you drink something like this black quad and you mm-hmm. get down towards the end of the can and it's a little warm, mm-hmm. it still tastes delicious. Well, and for this, I totally get that. Yeah. But like if I'm if I'm drinking like an IPA or no, or so like much. a, a St. Arnold Love Street, which is one they have a lot at shows, yeah. I don't want that warm. You know, I, was, I, was, I was a little disappointed. I went to uh, I went to um, uh, House of Blues yeah. the other night and watched uh, a great band. <coughs> and I went up there and I was excited because they always have Dale's Pale Ale in these cans. Hold that thought. We'll be back. After this, it's smoking and toasting. Has it gone by that fast? Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasted. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we were talking about craft beer in the uh, 19.2-ounce cans, like the one that Ian brought for our mystery beer today, and uh, how they're selling like crazy at convenience stores. The one thing I wanted to mention is that uh, the biggest sellers in this have a tendency to be the higher ABV IPAs, the Imperials and the Doubles, things like that. That's what seems to be selling the best, according to the article I read. You were mentioning being at a house of Blues show and having uh, having the big so cans, yeah because right? they always have Dale's Pale Ale there yes they did not have Dale's Pale Ale there oh I was like ah because if you're gonna pay thirteen dollars for a beer mm-hmm. I mean it might as well be a decent beer mm-hmm. right? well they had mm-hmm. Shiner so that was okay so I drank Shiner right. all night but you know. Shiner saves the day for those of us here in Texas that go into a restaurant or a bar where the beverage manager is lazy. Or owned by AB InBev. Yes. Uh, Shiner is 
the day saver. Uh, mm. When I lived up in uh, uh, in New England, it would be um, Sam Adams. Yeah. That would be the day saver because you could find it just about yeah. everywhere. But uh, yeah, so thank you, St. Arnold. Thank you, Shiner. Yeah, no, thank when you, I, Sam Adams. When I looked at the uh, when I looked at the uh, the beers, you know, they always have the cans sitting up there. They had mm-hmm. crap. They had crap. They had crap light. They had crap light. They had crap ultra light, <laughs> and they had crap, and then they had Shiner. So. Yeah. I went with Shiner. Yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> uh, so I was wondering, we didn't have a chance to get to this in the first segment, but have you had the opportunity to smoke anything interesting I did, this week? actually. So uh, I, I bought a cigar again today because mm-hmm. uh, I went by Casa. And uh, last week I went by Casa, and I picked out a cigar to do the uh, uh, review on. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was and I was going to go sit down and, and smoke it and do the review on it. But uh, then... Then uh, Steve over there talked me into an eighteen dollars an eighteen dollars cigar, cigar. And, it was, <laughs> and it was outrageously good, so that's okay too. But yeah. uh, anyway, so I picked up another one today. I, I still have the other one in my humidor, but I haven't smoked it yet. But I picked up another one today because I was like, "That's the one I had last week." I was going to do. It's the Herrera Esteli Miami. Miami. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, I've seen this. man. Uh, so this is a Lonsdale uh, that I, I the Lonsdale's uh, Deluxe is what I picked up six by forty four, mm-hmm. and the Lonsdales are nice. It's a uh, what do they call Panatella or mm-hmm. um, Lonsdales the Long skinny cigar. It had mm-hmm. an Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper, very dark and rich looking. Uh, uh, Ecuador Sumatra binder and Dominican Republic and Nicaragua filler. The appearance on his rich dark chocolate in color, two tastefully understated bands. Uh, one of them is the Herrera Stili, and then the other one was uh, the Miami band. Uh, medium firmness overall, slightly lumpy, very oily and toothy kind of wrapper. Love that right off the bat. The pre-light sniff on this, I got and not a lot of things, but I got barnyard, rich fermented hay, and some tea leaf on it. The pre-light draw, I used a punch, uh, had a medium draw to it. Rich coffee and sweet creamy mocha is what I was getting out of that. The initial light Bitter coffee and earth, pepper, and a kiss of cayenne on the back of the palate. Uh, retrohale is strong pepper and cedar. The retrohale will make your eyes water a little bit if you're not used to it <laughs> on this one. So be gentle with that if you if you pick up one of these. The first the first third of this, um, leather and cedar, nutty and spicy, underlying sweet, dark fruit, pervasive spicy notes throughout, medium strength with cool, flavorful smoke. Retrohale is spicy um, and nutty with cedar, flaky ash, and questionable burn. It had a little mm. funky burn at the beginning. That's of not good with the Panatella. Uh, the uh, second third of this, sweet, nutty flavors blossom here and include notes of peanut, macadamia, and cashew. Dark fruit, cedar, and leather create the next layer over a top of uh, a spicy foundation. The retro Hill is spicy pepper, cedar, and nutty. Flaky ash, perfect burn. It had corrected itself and become perfect. The last third of this cigar, spicy notes toned down a bit here, and a uh, toast and mocha note appear. Leather and sweet nuttiness weave in and out. Retro Hill is sweet mocha and cedar. Flaky ash, perfect burn. Price to quality on this at $12.50. I give it a solid five. Great smoke, complex flavors. Twelve fifty is a lot it. for yes. a Panatella, but you say it was worth, worth it. it. All right, that sounds good. I'll tell you what I smoked this week. Plus, we'll get into uh, some of the uh, interesting things that we want to tell you about uh, craft beers and why this week's. Um, I'm looking at last week's show notes. It says it says uh, <laughs> blind taste test. No, no, no. We're going to be talking about summer beers and the best whiskeys of 2023 so far. We'll be right back. Oh, nice. 
Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're heard all over America on great radio stations like News Talk 1520 in uh, Abilene, Texas. (laughs) Uh, I know I recognized them last week, but I I think they might be our only affiliate so far, so they get recognized a lot. And I think it's 1560. I think I misspoke. So Uh Anyway, uh, we welcome to them. uh, Welcome you Abilene listeners, and we'd love to hear from you on our email chat line, and that is ST. At rfcmedia.com. The email, once again, st at rfcmedia.com. St you can send rfcmedia.com. Us, you can send us uh, questions about things we've tasted. You can send us questions about anything we haven't tasted. You can send us uh, you know, questions about you know, uh, relationship advice. Whatever, whatever it is you need, we'll help. We're, we're, here. we're here to help. We're, we're here, here for, for you. you. you know, medical recommendations, whatever it is. You know, stock picks, we got you. We got you. So, if it wasn't for you, we'd just be sitting around drinking. Yeah, and, and like it, with stock picks, like... Could we just randomly pick one and do any worse than Jim Cramer? I'm just asking, you know, just asking. Uh, so I want to tell you about the cigar that I had uh, this week. And uh, it, it several weeks ago, you may remember, I talked about smoking an old standby that I hadn't had in a while, the Nica Libre Torpedo. Mm-hmm. Nica Libre's core line was blended, of those for years. blended by A.J. Fernandez back in the day. And it is quite honestly one of, if not the best, budget-friendly cigars that you can buy because you don't feel like you're taking a step down in quality at all. It, it definitely punches up there with the big boys. So when I was ordering those cigars, I noticed that Nico Libre had been busy since the last time I checked them out. Uh, they've added new blends, one by the fine tobacconist at Aganor Salif and another by a little cigar-making outfit that you may have heard of named Oliva. <laughs> what do they know? Yeah. Oh, they're one of my favorites. I remember promising you guys that I would check them out for you and report back. So today I want to talk about the Nica Libre by Oliva. The blend comes in four sizes. I picked the Toro. It's a six-inch stick with a 48 ring gauge, which is my absolute sweet spot for the size of a cigar. That's If I could... If I could pick any size, that's the oh. size I would like. I love the Bella Artez that uh, used to be available in this size, yeah. which I can't seem to find anymore. That was my go-to smoke for ages. Uh, you can still find Bella Artez, it's not in this size. Yeah, yeah. The cigar itself, absolutely gorgeous. It's severely box-pressed. It's draped in an oily, dark brown Nicaraguan Habano sun-grown wrapper. The binder and filler are all Nicaraguan and all Lijero, which is a much stronger, it's the top. Lijero comes from the top leaves of the the tobacco plant, which get the most sun and have yeah. a tendency to be the strongest, right? Um, it's all Lijero, so I was expecting a pretty powerful punch from this one. The pre-light, nice sniff, alliteration, by the pre-light way. sniff didn't give away any secrets about how strong the Nicolibre by Oliva was going to be. Instead, it wowed me with a serious fix of dark, dark chocolate. So the Nica Libre is known mm-hmm. for its chocolateiness. Mm-hmm. It is a chocolate bomb. This is even more of a bomb, an even bigger chocolate it's, it's bomb. It's been described as like a candy <laughs> bar from so many people. There were a few other notes I picked up on the pre-light sniff and the cold draw, like earth and tea leaf. But did I mention dark chocolate? Because there was serious dark chocolate. I used a punch cutter. I lit up the Nica Libre Oliva. And I was greeted by the return of an old friend, 
The Nicaraguan Pepper Blast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or the NPB. Hey, NPB. NPB. I have missed you. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, the dark chocolate note paired up with a nice uh, earthiness. And once the pepper blast settled down, the pepper was clearly still there, but was mostly on the finish. It gave me a nice tang on the tongue and the palate. Let me know this was a cigar that was serious about being full-bodied, but it didn't overpower the other flavor notes. Burn was nice and consistent, uh, even straightening itself out after what looked like it might have been the beginning of a canoe. I looked and thought, oh, no, here we go. Totally straightened itself out, which was great. <clears throat> and I didn't touch the cigar up even once the whole time that I smoked it, which was awesome. Second, third brought a creamy coffee note into the mix, but still plenty of dark chocolate and still black pepper on the finish and on the retrohale. And as if the blend could get any more ridiculously delicious, a caramel note started to work its way in. Uh, so seriously, by the final third, a cedar note made its presence known. The dark chocolate and caramel continued. And I was pleasantly surprised at how balanced the black pepper note continued to be. Ever-present, especially on the finish, but not overwhelming. Now, that said, this is a little monster of a cigar. It really is. By the time it was done, I'd put it at medium to full, maybe leaning slightly more towards full-bodied. It's yeah. much, much fuller than it looks. But this wasn't a cigar where strength was the only characteristic. The Nica Libre by Oliva is incredibly well-balanced. It never allowed the pepper to just completely take over the cigar. This is not a Man of War ruination or a La Flor Dominicana, uh, Dominicana yeah, chis chisel. chisel. Yeah. It re retained a lot more subtlety and balance. And I absolutely loved this cigar. Uh, I, I, it'd be perfect for, you know, after a big meal or with a nice snifter of Añejo tequila. But I actually smoked this in the morning and it wasn't too overpowering for an early morning smoke. Powerful, yes. Harsh or bitter, not in the least. I will be getting more of these for the humidor, and I suspect I will try to keep them on hand regularly. I brought brought one in for yeah, you. Yeah, man, that's. I was about yeah. to say that you love this so much that yep. it overcome your uh, tendency to want to hoard the cigar. I know that's and that's even a pretty big deal. Me one. <laughs> and actually, you're incredibly generous about this. I'm just teasing. And here's perhaps the coolest part: I would have been absolutely thrilled with the Nica Libre by Oliva if it was a ten to twelve dollar cigar. Would not have had a complaint about it in the world. But guess what, my friends. It's Ooh. not a ten to twelve dollar cigar. It is in fact a five to six dollar <laughs> cigar. And it is amazing. Recommended? You better believe it. Price to quality, a very solid seven. Price to quality index, for those of you just listening, uh, is a, a scale of one to ten. But when you get a five, you're getting exactly what you pay for. Yeah. So, so this, above this, a five, this is punching way above its pl and price that's class. Exactly what this did. I, this cigar will be in my humidor from now. From on. now on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless I've like screwed up and run out of you it. Know, you know, I've, I've been a fan of Nico Libre since way back. The first time I ever tried one, mm -hmm. I think CI ran a special on them, and I picked up a bundle, and I was like, these are fantastic. Speaking of CI. And you can buy this at CI, Cigars yep. International. Uh, speaking of them, in two weeks, you and I are going to be broadcasting live from the CI, Cigars International Superstore in Conroe, uh, Texas. Conroe, Texas. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. I, I've been a customer of theirs. You know, They're not the only place that I buy online, but I've bought from them over the years um, for quite a while. And I've never been to a CI retail location, so I'm really stoked about going and buying a box of this. I actually, <laughs> I went into the one in um, Fort Worth. Yeah? And, and and what did you think it's, of it? Well, it's, it's a pretty amazing store. They it's have a full huge, bar. Right? Yeah. They have a nice big lounge, a beautiful outdoor area. I mean, it's really set up nice. I haven't seen this one yet, so I can't wait to see it next well, we'll be, two weeks from we'll now. We'll be uh, not broadcasting live, but recording the show. 
show live there uh, two weeks from now, and we're excited to tell you guys all about it because uh, you know I think of it as kind of like you know getting to go to a, a Costco for cigars. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's just well, this they, huge had, warehouse. Well, that was that was a nice store. thing is you know you get the uh, you get the, um, the the circular in the uh, in the mail. Yeah, you get the. Um, uh, you get the things, uh, the emails, you know, from showing them their sales and stuff. Mm-hmm. All that stuff they have 100% in the store as yeah. well. Like, it's all there. So you're not, it's not like you show up at the store and you can't get those, uh, those, uh, other deals, right? You know. I still remember going to the JR Cigars flagship store in Manhattan. And just being wowed by it. it's like three, four stories, and it's you know down in the bottom they've got all those JR alternatives like it's a secret you know yeah, hideout yeah. down there and stuff. It's really well. This is cool. a, this is a nice place where when you see those alternatives <coughs> and stuff, you can go by and just pick one or two up instead of having to commit to the bundle. And that's yeah, a nice yeah, thing. which is a very nice thing. I'd love to be able to do that. So, all right, uh, we're talking summer ales quite a bit today. Our show beer was the summer pills. Uh, we'll be giving you a list of exciting summer beers to try this year. In we are now trying the summer ale which is a sunny pale ale from a brewery that i like a lot brooklyn brewery brooklyn brewery makes great beers in they really general do. um yeah. Pilsners this particular beer is, are great. It's, it's hoppy and bright on the uh, flavor it's got kind of a i mean this in the best possible way it yeah. tastes a little bit like tang like tang the breakfast tang, drink the drink you know <laughs> the, the the mix thing that the astronauts it's got took a little bit space. of that tang kind of thing going on in the best possible way mm-hmm. i don't know that it tastes like tang but it kind of reminds that's me that's sort of the it. citrusiness of yeah, it yeah it's I got suppose. the citrusy thing but don't be put off by that cuz it's not like there's nothing artificial about this taste no 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 yeah. i mean like i said i mean in the absolute best possible way it's kind of fun mm-hmm. uh, also it's got a little bit of a malt thing going on it right? certainly does wrapped on the around that thing and yeah. the finish is very malty and i like that and it keeps it a little sweet on the finish, and it keeps it a little cleaner on the finish. This I is very like good. it because it's very easy to drink. So to me, a summer beer should always be very crushable, very easy to drink. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't really qualify as a summer beer. I don't understand what beer. you mean by easy to drink. Like, all you have to do is grab the glass and yeah. bring it to your face and pour it in, right? When, when I say easy like, to drink, I should say easy <laughs> to drink repeatedly. That's what I should say. <laughs> I left a word out of that of that sentence. I appreciate you pointing that out. Uh, no, it's very crushable. It's the type of thing you can just kind of... Like have one and then go. You know what? I'll, I'll have another one of those. That's yeah, yeah, good. absolutely. This yeah. is this is really nice. Good job, Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, this is coming I, in at five percent. Yeah, so it's says, right uh, at the summer ale here. is the perfect cold one for a hot one. Take our uh, mellow pale <laughs> ale anywhere. Uh, you take it easy. It's a uh, tasting, easygoing, floral, and refreshing. I want to tell you about something. One of our favorite local beers, uh, local breweries here in the greater Houston area. Ian and I have. Uh, have been on their premises drinking on a number of locations uh, is Eighth Wonder, which is in Houston's oh, yeah. east downtown area. I can see Eighth Wonder from my balcony. Yes. Yeah, which is kind of cool, by the way. Um, Eighth Wonder was sold recently. They've been acquired uh, by the largest cannabis operator in Texas uh, and uh, BioCity Hemp Company. Which is interesting because cannabis is not yet legal in Texas, or at least not, I mean, cannabis is, but not. Uh, not with uh, THC. Right, so, right, right. So, uh, in any case, uh, the uh, brewery and tap room uh, located in uh, here in Houston just turned over their ownership to BioCity Hemp Company. And one of the first things that they announced was the creation of a cannabis seltzer. I'm a little, I don't know what to say. I, I, don't, I don't either. I don't, know, I don't even know what I think about that. Because, look. Is it a seltzer that smells like old skunk? Uh, well, well, I was just about to say, cannabis 
even if you enjoy the smell of it, it's not necessarily something you want to taste. Like the, the um, I forget the name of the company now, but they've done the 420 beer that's that's uh, like cannabis infused. Sweetwater. Sweetwater. Thank you. I like Sweetwater's beers, but I don't care for the cannabis beer just because it just that isn't a. It's not a flavor. You're it's not a flavor into. that I want in a beverage. You know what I'm saying? Maybe this is just me. What are your thoughts? Uh, so I understand 100%. Like, flavors that I don't want to... I, I'm not a fan of spicy flavors in a beverage. When I say spicy, I mean, like, with heat, like jalapeno, hot totally, beer, those kind of totally things. Totally agree. And I love spicy food. Don't get me wrong. I'm with it's, you You're going to have a hard too. time making it too hot. That's not a brag. I'm just mm-hmm. saying I really love spicy food. But not in my drink. Like, yeah. Generally speaking, unless there's a caveat to this, a, a good Bloody Mary... Mm-hmm. It should be a little bit on the spicy side. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. you, know, you. But, uh, but I'm just not sure know. if this cannabis into beverages trend. Yeah, there are flavors that I don't really really dig so much in my uh, in my uh, beverages. And I don't know. I haven't tried it, so maybe it's amazing. Um, it's the first of its kind. The combined company houses cannabis, craft beer, and spirits all under one roof. Uh, and, of course, Eighth Wonder is, I mean, they've been, they've been brewing... Amazing beers for a number of years, and they've got got to be one of the more popular local breweries. I think here they make great beers. Yeah, do you have a favorite? Did you like the uh, Tex. Rocket Fuel? Tex is one of my absolute yeah. go tos, and that Tex is just is, a really good pilsner. Yeah, that's a that's a light pilsner, and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. That's an absolute go to for me. Uh, Rocket Fuel is good. That's the Vietnamese. That's coffee Vietnamese stout. coffee stout. It's yep. beautiful. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's nothing else quite like it because. No. The Vietnamese coffee is a different flavor yes. than just a coffee stout, Imperial Coffee Stout. So, uh, so yeah, it's it's just a, uh, I don't know, it's interesting. The U.S. cannabis market is expected to grow more than $86 billion by 2030. And so that's part of why they're, I guess, getting into this. Maybe, maybe a cannabis seltzer would work better than a cannabis beer. Maybe. Uh, I, I'd, I'd be willing to try it. I but, mean, beer has its own flavors. I, I, I don't. It's sometimes it's hard to see. Like maybe it's maybe it's amazing, but like some flavors you just don't see go real well together. Like mayonnaise and scotch does not sound good to right, me. Right. Even though I love both of those things, I do. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't really want to mix drink with them. <laughs> you know. <laughs> what did you put in this new cocktail? Well, first I put ice into the glass, <laughs> then I apply the mayonnaise, <laughs> and then I put the scotch on top of the mayonnaise. <laughs> Oh God, that's horrible! <laughs> right. That is that is almost malort level. That's, bad. A, that's a visceral reaction. Yeah, it really it? is. I think everybody, I think everybody listening right now just went <laughs> some sort of a some sort of a visceral shudder there. Involuntary. Well, uh, so I, I will tell you, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, uh, uh, first of all, I think the seltzer thing is peaked. Don't you? Mm. I, 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 just, not that I it's think, going I think, away. I, think I still see plenty of people with Trulies and White Claws, but no, no, I don't. I don't think those core <laughs> brands are going to go away. I think people are going to still make uh, better versions of it. I think there's mm-hmm. still there's still a little run of what's going to be better versions of that coming out. But I think after that, I think the the, the peak of it is. Is it's pretty much hit the craze is pretty much hit. I think you're right. I saw yeah. some people drinking it. I was at a, a party this weekend. It was a 50th birthday party for one of my wife's friends, and they had it catered and had a bartender come in. So I sauntered up to the bar and uh, saw a lot of people drinking, you know, white claws. Uh, but I sauntered up to the bar and I'm like, "Hey, um, what beers do you have?" And they were like, "You know, the usual macro brews." And then the only thing that sounded good to me uh, was they had a um, they had Carbox Crawford Bach. Now I'm not a big fan of. Crawford Bach, I really prefer Shiner Bach. Yeah. But the reason I wanted to bring this up is because those Crawford Bachs were ice cold, 
and they were better than I've given them credit for in the past. I'm Man, telling you, ice they cold. were. I actually really, really enjoyed. You them. can get away with a lot when you're ice cold. Yeah, yeah. Now Crawford Bach, I don't think is a bad tasting beer. I just don't think it's as flavorful. Like we tried it one day. Back to back with Shiner, and it just didn't have the flavor. I agree, but I just wanted to give them props that this weekend they were my we did a, as a matter life fact, I remember We beer. did that as a blind taste test, I and we, we did. We picked out Shiner immediately. It's smoking a toast, and we will be right back after this message. Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. I was always a big, um, uh, in as far as sports go, I was always a, a big fan of Tom Brady. I was a fan of his when he was at the New England Patriots and when he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I followed him. Uh, but in, when it comes to basketball, I always kind of knew how the Brady haters felt, right? Because you, their team would be playing Tom Brady. You, you'd be doing really good. You'd be looking like you could probably win. And then he would like just like school you right at the end and steal the victory away from you. And that's how I've always felt as a basketball fan and as a Houston Rockets fan. I've always felt that way about Steph Curry, who's with the Golden State Warriors. He's the guy that Rockets would be in there, they'd be playing well, you know, back in the days when Harden was here and they, you know, they really had a, a shot. And we'd be, we'd be like, we got this, we got this, we got this, and boom, Curry hits a three. And then boom, Curry hits a three, and you're like... Well, crap! Now we're down by nine. You know, like it's it's uh, it's ridiculous. So, I can't say that I'm a fan of Steph Curry, but I do respect his you know his skills on the basketball court. And I don't know whether I respect this or not. We will have to taste it and try it. But Steph Curry recently entered the whiskey game and has launched Gentleman's Cut Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, it was released uh, globally just after its inaugural bottling at the Boone County Distilling Company. And uh, so be on the lookout for this. I, I, I'll, I'll be willing to try it. Does it have a price point? What's the pro- pro- price point is it coming in at? Let me see if I can at? find this here. $79.99 for a bottle. Oh, so he's coming in like He's coming in coming hot. In to, yeah. So, but, <laughs> but I will say... That either means he's coming in wildly overpriced, or he might have actually a quality product. A really product. good quality yeah. thing, yeah. yeah. So, so it remains to be seen, and I think I'm going to be on the lookout for it. I'll, uh, I'll buy one, and we can try it here on the show. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, some of those projects, man, some of those uh, uh, the, the celebrity projects, are uh, some of them are pretty good. Some They're of them are pretty not. By the way, speaking of celebrity projects and pretty not— Conor McGregor, you know, we've made fun of his horrible whiskey a number of times here on the show. Did you hear what happened this last week? No. He was at some, like, uh, uh, sports game, uh, I forget, was it a basketball game or something, where they were doing this skit where he would, like, get into a fight with the team mascot, like, you know, you know, with the big creature in the big, you know, uh, stuffed costume. Yeah. And he's, in this skit, he's supposed to get into a fight with him, and he, so, so he hits the uh, mascot, and the kid inside wound up having to go to the hospital because he got punched by Conor McGregor. I, I'm sorry, it's not funny, but that it sure kid, is funny. Well, yeah. I hope he's okay, but that kid's going to have a great story for the rest of his yeah, life. That's absolutely right. I got sent to the hospital by Conor McGregor, and it wasn't because I drank his whiskey. So that's that's a pretty good story. So There are other people who have probably been sent to the hospital. I love that you but. said it wasn't because I drank his whiskey, because that's a real thing. Like You drink his whiskey, and he's standing there. You're going to be like, what? 
the heck is wrong with you? And then he's going to punch you. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I mean, we need to bring that on the show. It's not very expensive, and it's a good thing because— I guess we should since we've talked about it this much. I've we've, tried it. We've thrown and shade on it. I will tell it. you, yeah. it's a little bit like looking at bad art. Like, you can't stop finding things wrong with it, you know? It's like— From the time you bring it to your nose, like, you're like, oh, it's that's like, not good. It's kind of like watching an episode of Two Broke Girls. You just can't stop finding things wrong with it, you know? <laughs> Right. I mean, it's a it's little just, bit like staring at a car wreck. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's um, fascinating. So I'm interested to see if we find anything wrong with this. Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales is one of those breweries. There's absolutely nothing wrong with the nose on this. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. This is a blonde ale. It is called Oro. It is a wild artisan. I'm sorry, smells, golden. A golden ale. It smells like a straight up Belgian ale. It's so fruity right oh, off the boy. nose. Oh, boy. It almost has even a little bit of that like uh, a cinnamony a spice. Weedy, like spice. There's a very it. weedy kind of uh, smell mm. to it as well. And I I'm going. I'm not the wow. biggest fan of weedy beers, but man, All right, I'm completely surprised by the flavor after the after the nose. I was not expecting the funk. I should have been because it's Jolly Pumpkin, and that's kind of what they do. This is like George Clinton funk. Yeah. Oh, this is this is, this is this is not like the funk that you find on your toothbrush after a few. No, months. this is this is the this funk is that like, has you saying we want the funk. We want the funk. Yeah, yes, gotta have that funk. Uh, no, this is, uh, but but it is funkier than I was expecting. Would you oh, agree? Oh, it's got with that? a little sour to it, which mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting even remotely. Not you know, no, almost all the time. When you put a beer to your nose, you can smell if it has a little sour to it, and this has yeah. no sour in the nose mm -hmm. at all. It's a spicy and peppery with gentle hot bouquet and the beguiling influence of wild yeast. This is oak-aged, can-conditioned, and it is, it is outrageously a yummy. Fascinating beer. Fascinating. It's got my mouth different. watering. Like uh, you remember that old yeah. uh, Gator Gum or what, yeah. stuff like that? that <laughs> totally. You get yeah. Just activate your yeah. saliva glands. Yeah, like, yeah, it totally does. Put them on over. Uh, apparently, over, my dog uh, chews that because she has just like got <laughs> this whole slobber thing going. Your dog's so cute. But yeah, she's great. Uh, but no, this is really good. Uh, this is not what I expected. But it's really good. Coming in at eight percent, you're hitting it. You're coming in hot today too. I should have expected it though, because Jolly Pumpkin doesn't do just normal golden ales. You know what I mean? Man, if you want fruity with a bit of sour to it, mm -hmm. this is um, this is. I love this. I could drink this a lot. And you can find this most places. I think right, it's, we, there's a spiciness to it on the. Finish, I know. Too. I know. It's really interesting. I'm not, I'm not even sure how to quite describe it. But uh, all right, we'll take a break and we will return. We still have drinking news to come, and we still have to talk about summer beers and the. Best whiskeys of 2023 so far. So I we like will whiskey. get to that, I promise. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Our show is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. Uh, my uh, partner in crime here Howdy is Ian Barry. Uh, behind the wheels of steel, we have uh, Terry Michaels. Thank you, Terry, for being here. And uh, Adam in the Sky is the uh, producer of the show. And thank you, Adam, for keeping us uh, keeping us rolling every week. We do appreciate it. Next week's going to be a big challenge because it's our anniversary show. Uh, so it's going to be a big challenge to stay on time in the first few segments. And it's going to be a big challenge to stay upright 
in the final segment. Dude, dude is it's going to be thinking. like herding so, cats. Yeah, exactly. We'll <laughs> never do it. Never. So I have switched back to, as much as I loved the Golden Ale, and I will have more of that in a bit, but I've switched back to the Brooklyn Brewery Summer Ale, which was the first one quite good. Uh, that we tasted. It's really good. It's an actual summer beer. And it got me to wondering how you would define exactly what a summer beer is. It is, it is, is it a specific style? One that's been packaged and marketed as a summer ale, or is it a seasonal release that only comes out, you know, to certain months, or is it something a little more nebulous that maybe you could define as, you know, something you'd want to drink four to six up while you're I getting mean, sunburned on the me, beach? For me, it's um, dark, it's malty, <laughs> it's rich. It's so you um, look at it differently. I, I think of summer ales as a little lighter. Uh, um, you know, you can't go wrong with like a wheat beer or some, uh, you know, some some sort this type of year. My first introduction to summer ales, when I lived in Boston, I was a huge fan of Harpoon IPA. It was my favorite beer at the time. And Harpoon also would release a summer ale every year. And it was a little bit lighter. It was very easy drinkable, but it was loaded with flavor. And I don't know if they even do it anymore. I haven't seen it in years. But I loved that beer and would, uh, would, you know, would go to the uh, Harpoon Fest and and, uh, get all my little wooden tokens and and go get the summer ale. It was like, it was like great fun. But that's kind of, that's kind of started me down. On the path of always looking for great summer beers, and I don't know if this really qualifies. But oh, what was the name of that beer? It was, it was a brewery that you don't even hear about anymore that used to have a great summer ale. I'll think of it. In any case, um, I'm enjoying this Brooklyn Brewery uh, summer ale, and I thought I'd go with this list that came from a, a website called Inside Hook where they tasted and ranked 28 of the best beers for summer. And I love these lists because I love. Summer beers. Don't, don't do that, please, please fine. don't do that. You're you're killing me. You're killing me. Um, let me count down these summer beers, and you can uh, weigh in if you've had one of these. Um, <laughs> the first one at number twenty-eight is actually a beer that we've had. I know you have because we had it on the show a few weeks ago. It's Twenty First Amendment Brewing's Hell or High Watermelon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was yeah, that was oddly good. Yeah. I think we were all surprised at how good we liked, it is a uh, how much beer. we liked that. It's one of those beers that like. It wasn't that great on the nose, but the taste, they nailed it. Like, And, and I'd rather yeah. it be that way than the other way around. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, but I, I, I sort of dug that. At number 27, they have Hofbrau Hefeweizen. And this is a, a, a German. for you to say. Yeah, a German beer, Hofbrau Hefeweizen. I think I've seen this in the uh, store. I don't think I've ever. I don't I've think ever, I've tried that one, actually. Yeah, I don't think I ever have. Now, you think that's easy for me to say. Watch me stumble through this name. Uh, Wienhin Stephaner. Weinheim Stefaner. Weinheim Stefaner? You know uh, you know this word? Uh, Weinheim Stefaner. Hefeweiss beer. Yeah, it's a Hefeweizen. Close enough. It's a Hefeweizen. It yes. comes in at number 26. I have also seen this. I have had that. But I have not pronounced it. Do you like it? Uh, it, was, it was fine. It was fine. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if I agree with the next one. No, at number 25, they have, they have Pilsner or Cal. Pilsner or Cal is... Uh, it's not one of my favorites. I don't think it's... I used to drink it every now and then totally if it was on beer. the menu at a restaurant. But it's not one of my favorites. It, but it's got a little aftertaste that I struggle with a little yep. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at number 24, Genesee Ruby Red Kolsch. Uh, I like Genesee's uh, 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 products, and uh, this one is with grapefruit. Grapefruit, of course, can be a bit divisive as a flavor. A grapefruit uh, Kolsch. Mm -hmm. Uh, At 23, it's the Von Trapp Kolsch-style ale. Uh, I thought they were singers in The Sound of Music, but I never have tasted their (laughs) ale. But it's on this list. Now, I've had number 22, and it's quite good. It's Allagash White. Have you had Allagash White? Yes, yes. So so we're seeing a lot of these Hefeweizen and white ales and things like that. It's Mm -hmm. not my favorite style, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to avoid 
pilsners and lagers for a mm -hmm. lot of years until craft breweries started really making awesome ones mm -hmm. as well. So. Right. But but as far as uh, as far as the white ales go, um, it's not my favorite style. Half Acre Daisy Cutter is at number twenty one. It's a pale ale. Uh, I'm not familiar with it, but I love the look of the can, and uh, I, I, this is one that I want to put on my must try list because I I really like pale ales. Like as much as I like IPAs, sometimes I like pale ales even more. It's just a, a slightly less. Uh, not always, but often a slightly less hoppy style, and it can be a nice, uh, a nice, a nice change up. Uh, tied at number nineteen, I have had this. I think you have too. It's Anderson Valley's Blood Orange Goza. This is yes. the one with the super red uh, uh, sky on the can, and it's got a bear like drinking water. It's a, a illustrated bear uh, drinking water. Is that a bear or a deer? It looks like a bear deer. I don't know what it it's is. It's a bear deer. It's a bear. Well, you know, it's we live we live in Texas, so we're used to. Like animals that emerge with other animals, like the jackalope, for example. The jackalope, yeah. Well, so that's, that's so a thing. the bear deer could be a thing as well. Uh, number nineteen, tied Oscar Blues Dale's Pale Ale. Now I don't think of this as much as a summer beer, but I do love the beer. Uh, Dale's Pale Ale is fantastic, man. <laughs> uh, the beer is, as they one taster a, noted, a classic. They make a double pale ale, and they also make a pale ale light. And guess what? They're all good. And the the ABV on this is sneaky high. It's six and a half percent. Which is just like it doesn't That's come across like that. Sessionable, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Comes across very sessionable. Restorf Kolsch comes in at number eighteen on the list. Creature Comforts Tritonia comes in at number seventeen. Comforts, uh, yeah, I don't, back. I don't think we've had Tritonia. It, uh, it's a Goza. Uh, but what I like about it is they've got an octopus tentacle kind of sneaking in. There. I, 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 I kind of like the packaging on this. Creature Comfort's a good brewery. I mean, they they really are. I, yeah. I like everything I've tried from them. So I would definitely be willing to try this Goza. Graham Weiss at uh, number um, 16. I would buy that for the name alone. Yeah, and the fact that it's got dancing dinosaurs on it. Kind of, oh, kind yeah, of looks cool. Amazing. you got to love the dancing dinosaurs on the can. Uh, Shiner Orale. Makes the list. It's it is there. Orle. Orle. Thank you. Orle. Oh, Orle. Like Orle. Okay, Orle. gotcha. Gotcha. I just can't it's, read that, Spanish. That's an oddly good beer, by yeah, the way. Yeah, uh, it's a Mexican lager. It's from Shiner, and uh, it earned descriptors like refreshing, light, and tasty, but it's a fairly straightforward flavor profile. It's pretty good. Uh, it, it's just really actually quite good. A Revolution Sun Crusher uh, in at 14. It's a wheat beer. I've had a beer from Revolution, but I, I don't think I've had the I Sun Crusher. I have had that one. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to keep going on this list because I want to get to tasting this uh, this uh, rum that you poured. Uh, at number 13, absolutely oh, love dude. this beer. Firestone Walker's 805 Cerveza. Bells and whistles, everything. 805 yeah. is outstanding. It's just really great. I remember... When I was spending the uh, week in Los Angeles a couple of years ago, you came in and we did a show from there. Yeah. And you were like hanging out at the house that we rented. That was all we drank was the 805. It was it, just it was it, so good. It was so, so good. good. Yeah. It, it was, I went, uh, I went out to see a couple of shows, went to a couple of bars and stuff before you got there. And 805 was everywhere. It's like what everybody was drinking. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it is a wonderful and beautiful thing. At number 12 on the list, Sweetwater's 420. We were uh, talking about that earlier. <laughs> yeah. It's their extra pale ale. And uh, uh, now I don't think this. Is the one though oh, that that's is not the hemp one. The it's hemp just called one, yeah. 420. Yeah, so I think that's it's, good. It's hemp themed. But I not. love the beer at number ten. It's Cigar City's Margarita Goza. That's, I don't like a lot of margarita beers. I have to say, a lot of them I feel like just don't have the flavor. But this Margarita Goza from these guys is fantastic. I don't remember. I remember trying it. I don't remember what I thought about that one. 
we'll uh, have to bring it. I'll but bring Cigar it. City, like their Maduro, I'll bring is it on. So oh, yeah, good. So I'll bring it on again Maduro, as a mystery beer for you. Mm-hmm. All those. So oh yeah, good. Uh, fantastic. I really like everything I've had from those guys. Um, it's a tie at uh, number ten. Threes Vlit. V-L-I-E-T. I don't know how you say it. Vliet. It's a Pilsner. I haven't had it, uh, but I want to try it. It's, uh, uh, it's from New York's Threes Brewing. At number nine, Stone Buenavesa uh, is uh, on the list. Okay. I, I don't like this as much as I like Scout. For a Mexican lager, Scout, which is from uh, our, our uh, brewing, uh, it's the Mexican beer from, um, I'm sorry, the name is, oh, from I'm brain farting. True Anomaly. Scout, from True Anomaly. Scout is unbelievably yeah. good. I think it's better than this, but this makes it all the way to number nine as a Mexican lager. Uh, and I don't, Jeff, you know what? I don't, I don't know about that. Try the Chocoveza. Chocoveza is really good. <laughs> it's not my favorite stone either, for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely go for their IPAs or maybe some of their stouts. Yeah. Uh, but at number eight, Great Lakes Brewing Company's Mexican Lager with Lime. I'll go for this because it has a really funky looking iguana on it. And uh, Great Lakes Brewing is. You start uh, is losing good... me when you put with lime, though. You know, I totally get it, except it could be okay. I mean, you have to taste it to know. I just, generally speaking, when, when I'm researching <coughs> a beer, no, no limes or salt are ever harmed in the research of said beer. But this has got lime in the beer, so there's that. Yeah, well. Alright. Uh, number seven, UFO Maine Blueberry. UFO, I gotta do some research on this, because UFO, I believe, is an offshoot of uh, Harpoon. Because Harpoon's Hefeweizen was always called UFO. Right. And then they released this beer, these beers under the UFO thing. And I got one sitting in the beer fridge that I'm bringing in on, on a future show, and it is a triple berry uh, from UFO. But they put the main blueberry at number seven. Huh. Uh, Gaffel Kolsch is uh, number six on the list. Uh, it's another beer that I have seen but have not tried. Have you seen I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen that. Uh, Three Floyd's Zombie Dust. <laughs> That's uh, a good Pale Ale is at number five on the list. I haven't actually ever had that. Yeah, I Zombie really, Dust really it's, it's hard to pass, though. That's a good beer. Westbrook's Key Lime Pie Goza is at number four on the list. The highest performing Goza in their tasting. At number three, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. That's a great beer. It really I, is. I mean, you can't. It's, it's you just can't. a standard. Yeah. Uh, but they picked their Summerfest beer, the refreshing summer I've lager, never had their summer at fest. number two. We'll have to get some of that this summer. And they're number one on this very long list of summer beers. Do I see Oberon? Bell's Oberon. Oberon. Isn't that a fantastic so beer? So here's the thing. When it comes to wheat beers, I'm not a big. It's not my style. I agree. I agree. It's not my favorite. I've are, had some good ones, but it's are, not my favorite. Uh, I can name four. The top three, <laughs> though, the top three wheat beers out there that I know. Mm-hmm. El um, Jefe. El Jefe is one of them. That's made from no label here in town. Um, then you have uh, the um, what's the one from Austin? I'm thinking of. Give oh. me a minute. Uh, Oberon is one of them, and mm-hmm. then the other one from Austin is um, the. Oh, I'm blanking. Is it five twelve? Five one two? No, it's not five one two. It's. Uh, I, I'm totally blanking. On it. It. But Oberon is definitely yeah. on your on your top yes. three. Yes, and then Celis is the other one. Oh, Celis, yes, Celis White. Yes, yeah, that Celis. is that is really good, and it's not really well known. Celis White, I, I I can see why it did not make this list. But uh, they say if you happen to come of age, drinking age that is, anywhere in the Midwest, you know it's not summer until you've tossed back a few Bell's Oberons. 
It screams summer to me, one taster wrote. So, very nice, very nice. I don't know if this will scream summer or not, but we're going to try a rum here uh, to round out this segment. And, Ian, you have uh, you have poured this already for us. We're being this fancy. Is... We're spelling it R-H-U-M. Okay, R-H-U-M. I don't I'll, know why. I'll take it. Uh, it this is it El Dorado well. 12. It is a rum or a rum. They spell uh, it three ways on the bottle. Ron, so, rum, and rum. So, Ron, is, uh, Ron means rum. That, yes. that word means rum. Uh, I guess R-H-U-M may be the way it's spelled in some countries. Yes. Yeah, I think that's right. So there's three spellings. So does it say which country this uh, rum is from? Uh, Product of Guyana. (coughs) Okay, so it's a Guyana rum. So I'm expecting it to be a little funky. Let's see. Uh, yeah, so smell if funky if on the nose. Guiana rum, you're going to expect a little rubberiness and a little bit of a... Like what you get from a Jamaican A little chemical kind of thing going on, but I don't know. I didn't try it. It doesn't smell like it. Mm, I do not get that on the palate. I get... I get caramel oh, and and sugar cane and, and fruitiness on the palate. Banana. Oh yes, bananas in there for sure. And this is actually quite good. Oh my goodness. The uh, Demerara region has a uh, has established a reputation over the last three hundred years for producing the best rum in the world. This rum has been laid down in oak barrels for at least twelve years, producing a rich, diverse spirit. The profile is round, mellow, and full-bodied with rich flavors of fruit and spice. Well, I get it, and I like it, and you're so right about the banana, and you're so right about... Oh, maple syrup. Maple syrup, absolutely. I want to pour this on pancakes, and maybe I will do that during the break. We will be right back. Rome, it's not just for breakfast anymore. Smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And I was about to open the segment by asking Ian to pour me a little more of this El Dorado 12-year rum, uh, but you did it anyway before I, I even you, asked. You got me covered. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, I wanted to talk to you as I sip a little more of this and, and daydream about how wonderfully this would mesh with a, with a fine cigar uh, and how, how good of oh, a pairing you know. that this would be. Uh, while I do that, I want to talk to you about some cigars and, and, and talk to you about an actor. Um, he's one of those actors that if, if you saw his face, you would, you would, oh, that guy. But I don't know if you know him by name or not. Do you know who Chaz Palminteri is? Mm-mm. All right. So he wrote the screenplay and starred in A Bronx Tale as Mafia Boss uh, Sonny. And he's been in a ton of other things, too. He's one of those guys that you're like, oh, yeah, that guy. He was in that other movie with the right, guy right. Uh, and, and Kevin Bacon. Um, but anyway, he is uh, going to be at this year's PCA trade show in Las Vegas presenting his brand new brand of cigars, which are called um, A Bronx Tale. By Chaz Palminteri. That's what they're called. That's that's the movie Dude, he's most famous for. How long for. do you think his uh, brainstorming session for that name was? I don't know. But Chaz Palminteri's A Bronx Tale will come in a single size. It'll be a box press Toro measuring 6 by 54. And it is called the Calaguero in honor of Palminteri's grandfather. Those who've seen the movie may remember this was also the name of the main character uh, in the uh, in the um, uh, film. Uh, so it is uh, a collaboration between Paul DeSilvo of the Bronx-based La Casa Grande Tobacco Company and Dean Parsons of Epic Cigars and Xander Gregg Imports. It's, uh, yeah, it's you know, it's going to be one of those things. It's going to be uh, limited to uh, 2,500 boxes to start with uh, and has a suggested retail price of $20 each. So it's going to need to be pretty good, right? That's a, that's a super premium. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So it's going to need to be good. So, you know, when cigars hit $20, I just have to match it against anything like like 
Anything that's $20 gets matched against the Amaforte from Placentia. Mm-hmm. And for me, the cigar I talked to you about today, the, uh, the Nica Libre by Oliva, would I rather have this one cigar or four of those? Yeah. Not that I'm going to smoke them all at one time, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I can afford one. four of them for the same thing, or, or three or four at the very least. Like, that's, that makes it hard for me to plunk down $20 on a cigar, unless I know it's going to be really special. Well, there, there's, there's a valid, valid time and place for a, for a special occasion cigar, you know. Speaking of special occasion cigars, if you're a regular listener, you may remember how Ian and I both went nuts over the last special edition Oliva Serie V Milanio. The, the, the 135. The 135. Yeah. That's not the Milanio. It's just the 135. Yeah, the 135. Yeah, yeah. Well, guess what, my friends? There's a new one coming. Oliva Cigars is continuing their annual tradition by creating a shape known as the Figurino. The cigars are perfectos, tapered at both ends, measuring five and a half inches long, 54 ring gauge at its plumpest point in the middle of the cigar. Uh, the uh, shape was created by Oliva owner uh, uh, Frederick, uh, I'm you know, going to try to pronounce his last name, but unlike traditional uh, traditional Milanios, uh, it's in the round rather than box pressed, because Milanios are right, usually box pressed. Uh, like other Milanios, the cigars are made from a blend of Nicaraguan tobaccos with Ecuadorian wrappers. Production will be limited to 14,000 500 boxes, each containing 10 cigars. These cigars will also retail for about $20 each. Man, those 135s were so good. The 135s were fantastic. They started making them regular production now. (laughs) If this is half as good, good. it's going to be a thing. Something about that shape. Also, it's been a decade since the release of the Davidoff Nicaragua brand, and Davidoff of Geneva is celebrating that milestone with a limited edition cigar that will include some barrel-aged tobacco. Retailers can expect the new smoke to start shipping on July the 6th. It is being made in only one size, six inches long, by 56 ring gauge, uh, and they are referring to it as the Grand Toro. Only 3,300 boxes allocated for the U.S. market, and uh, each one retails for $425 and is individually numbered. And because I'm not good at math, I asked my wife to do it for me, and uh, she tells me it means the price comes out to $35 per cigar. So we're only telling you about pricey cigars on today's uh, Cigars to Watch For. $35 per cigar. But go back and listen to the review of the 5 to $6 uh, Nica Libre by Oliva <laughs> if you feel like we're pricing you out here. All right, we'll be right back. We got drinking news on the way, and we got more to talk about, including, my friends, the best whiskeys so far of 2023. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Our program is craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. These are all mm-hmm. things we're pretty excited about, and uh, and, and, and for good of, reason. You know? I was talking to the guys that are uh, syndicating our show that do the you know calling on radio stations and stuff. We had a little uh, Zoom call last week, and we were just talking. They were uh, you know, they asked the questions people always ask, like, how did you get started doing the show? How long have you been doing it? We're just get, filling them in, giving them some background information. And uh, it was interesting because it was a Zoom call. I could like see their reactions, and as I sort of explained to them, like, here's what we do on every show. As as the explanation went on, the expression on their face became more and more envious. Like seriously, <laughs> you just like taste like 
you know, booze and, and craft beers, and, and that's your show? I was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. Have I thanked you for letting me be your producer Yeah, yet? see, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've had... we've had. I don't, a, I don't come across a lot of Mondays where I wake up yeah. and go, man, I don't want to go to work today. Yeah. We, we've, had to, we've had to run a few producers off, but so far we've not been able to run Terry off. He's, nope, uh, nope. he's like uh, permanently affixed to the, uh, to the production chair. So, uh, well, uh, one of the reasons that some people like this show, and don't ask me why, is its most popular segment a little thing we like to call Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. <laughs> drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Yeah, never know what voice you're gonna use. On <laughs> yeah, <there>. yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's, uh, that's part of the fun of it, isn't it? I love that. Drinking news for those of you who might be new to this segment is the part of the show where we share a story that is sometimes, but not always, about drinking, but is always best enjoyed if you've been drinking. Opening sound effects. We lost a little of the cap there. But the, <laughs> the, the, cap, op- the opening was pretty off. spectacular. Today's story is definitely about drinking. And while there are many reasons that people drink, in fact, Alanis Morissette has a really good song where the first lyric line says, These are the reasons I drink. It's a great song. You should go check it out. It's on our latest album. Anyway, it's clear that some it reasons. Ironic? It's clear that some reasons are more common than others. Now, certainly some people drink to get drunk. Uh, others drink to you know, loosen up. Uh, some drink because they enjoy the flavors, like I do of this rum. Uh, some may drink for all those reasons and more. And many people drink, and I put myself into this category, because of the social element of the whole thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fun to go out and have drinks with friends, right? In fact, if I, if I were to be honest about it, I probably have some friends that aren't really all that fun unless they are drinking. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you've got those friends, right? It's like, uh, oh, he's going to be there. Are we drinking? Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, Okay. So there's that. Uh, Also, sometimes you have to time the drinking, too. Like, you don't want to show up after everyone else has been drinking a lot. mm -hmm. Because if you're not, like, simul drinking, so to speak. Yeah, simultaneously. Sometimes, like, if you're you're late to the party, like, these people are so annoying. Yeah, right. (laughs) And if you're too early, you're the annoying one. So (laughs) I'm okay with that. (laughs) If you drink a uh, you know, if you drink a little bit too much, as does happen on occasion, it is good to be with friends if you do, right? Uh, they might be able to stop you from making a total ass out of yourself. Uh, they can help convince you that you might want to, you know, switch to water or coffee for a while. They can drive you home. That's a big one, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Uh, and if you should happen to go missing, they can look for you. I'm not saying that hasn't happened. That's what happened to a Turkish man. Turkish man. <laughs> oh, I like it. A Turkish man. <laughs> I know, okay. I just kept going with that, right? I couldn't uh, stop. Like, I had no idea that was going to go on for that long, but I loved it. A Turkish <laughs> man recently got himself into some trouble, but he was fortunate enough to have friends who jumped in to help him out. <laughs> 50-year-old Behan Mutlu was out drinking with friends when he ended up getting a little too intoxicated and left his friends to go and relieve himself. 
When he didn't come back after a reasonable period of time, the friends started looking for him. And when they didn't find him right away, they decided they needed to organize a search party and track him down. They rounded up concerned community members, the local authorities, and a group of volunteers to help find Mr. Mutlu. And they began combing the immediate area to try to locate him. The Turkish man, in his drunken days, had apparently wandered into a nearby forest. And when he noticed a large group of people searching near where he was, he asked them what was going on, and they told him. Ever so helpful, and of course not at all sober, Mr. Mutlu promptly joined the search party <laughs> and began combing the woods in search of the missing person. Yes, that's right. The drunken Turkish man joined his own search party. He and the group searched for several hours before Mutlu noticed that the name some of the volunteers were calling out sounded rather familiar to him. When he finally asked, Wait, who are we looking for? Things began to come together in his oh, mind. Oh, yeah. oh, that's me, the Turkish man said to the search party. I'm here. You know, it does sound like a potential plot line for a really bad sitcom, like Two Broke Girls or something. But in this case, it turns out it was closer to a reality show. And I would just like to point out that I've bagged on Two Broke Girls twice in this program. So there you go. Uh, it's unclear exactly why his friends in the search party didn't realize that he joined them. <laughs> but after he revealed his presence, Turkish authorities gave him a ride home, and he was not charged with any crimes. Which leaves us with a few... I, ha I have been drunk and revealed my presence before. Yeah, I bet you have. <laughs> <laughs> I think I heard about that party, by the way. <laughs> Which leaves us with a few specific observations. If you're going to join a search party, it might be a good idea to know exactly who it is that you're looking for. Uh, if you go out drinking with friends... It's important that they are good enough friends that they would organize a search party if you went missing. But it also might be important that the friends you're drinking with are not so drunk themselves that they fail to recognize you for two hours after you've joined in to help them search. And last but not least, if you're out with friends and you need to pee, maybe try the bar's restroom instead of deciding to relieve yourself in a nearby forest. I mean, I know some bar restrooms can be a little gross. I get it. But it's still better than standing in the woods and encountering a bear or a wild boar or something while you're taking a leak. And yes, they do have wild boars in Turkey. And while we're at it, turkeys... <laughs> wild boars, by the way, are not very friendly. Yeah, no, they're not. And while we're at it, by the way, turkeys, the birds, are not actually native to Turkey. There are some being raised there on farms, but they do not live in the wild, and they've been imported from other countries. Why is the country called Turkey? It's a rather long story, and perhaps one day when we've had substantially more to drink than we have today, uh, we'll get into it. But for now, reporting live from just outside Istanbul, where I'm part of a search party looking for some guy named Clyde Farquhar. My professional name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> I, I, was, I was savoring the, the flavor of this uh, rum in my mouth, and I realized I had to like swallow it real quick to say cheers, y'all. <laughs> this uh, rum is so good. It really is. I'm, I'm really quite – and I, I want to point out, by the way, this was under $40. I want to say it was like $36, $37. And for uh, those of you uh, non-Spanish speaking, that's – 
uh, spinach for the Dorado. The Dorado, yes, and I appreciate you clearing that up. So uh, that is uh, that is a really good rum. It is just very easy to drink. Very very you know. I'm down with it. Very much. Okay, so speaking of being down with things, I know, Ian, that you have tried the rich and robust Tarnation. Uh, Seriously strong ale. Do you like amber ales? I do like amber ales. This, to me, and I don't know, I haven't read this, actually. (laughs) It is called an unreasonably... Bottles I've been through, but um, I can tell you that it says, according to the Surgeon General, people who are pregnant should not drink alcohol. It does actually say that. It's like, well, you're not even looking at the bottle. That's crazy. Yeah, uh, so it says, easy partner, this ain't no in the middle I mean, ale you're holding in your hand. Matter of fact, uh, this here bottle just so happens to contain the most root and toot and strong ale this side of the Guadalupe. Uh, it's rich. It's I'm sorry if you're from Austin. It's the Guadalupe. Yeah, um, it's rich. It's malty. It's dug on tasty. If we do say so ourselves. Yep, this one's so good. You'd be asking yourself, "What in tarnation?" So, um, if you like amber ales, this tastes like an amber ale that's just been basically turned to eleven. Mm-hmm. This is this is what it tastes like. They call it an unreasonably strong ale, but I feel like this comes from from uh, amber ale heritage. It does because uh, I'm just taking my first sip of this. It does drink a lot like an amber ale on steroids. Yeah, because it's not Bach like it's it's Mm-mm. it's not that kind of dark chocolate. No, thing. it doesn't it's got have more that malty. Is... And I love it. It's malty. It's delicious. It's got a little kind of a burnt caramel thing going on. It's it, got. It strikes me that back when and we're very familiar with St. Arnold because we're based here in in Houston, our hometown. But uh, St. Arnold is the oldest craft brewery in Texas. Yeah. And for many years, in the early days of the craft beer, beer boom. In the before time. In the before time. St. Arnold would do seasonal releases. Like yes. every few months they would do uh, either a, uh, a Bishop's Barrel or a Divine Series yeah, release. The Divine Reserve. And but when they did the Divine Reserve release, again, back in the day, things have changed a lot, but back in the day, people would you would drive by Specs or, or another, uh, another uh, beer store, and the line waiting for the store to open at 10 in the morning would be around the building. And they people, were people who people were there, would like get there waiting, and, like, like, for, like you do for concert kind of tickets or yeah. what like Taylor Swift fans do or whatever. <laughs> Although now it's all internet-based. But, but people would line up and wait overnight sometimes to be there in time to get one of the limited I edition remember Divine actually releases. camping outside for concert tickets. And so what I was going to say about this uh, Tarnation is that this tastes to me like the type of beer they would have released in that series. Yeah, it, so they, they stopped that series. <laughs> they don't do either one of those anymore. I just think times have changed. But, There's so much more out there. No, I know. get it. I get it. And, and, and they're... They're doing so many interesting ales anyway, and uh, every once in a while, I'll just toss something completely different out there, and this well, is one of those things. It, I think this is wonderful. It's I mean, delicious. to me, this is one of those things that this to me, like I want this to be in a can though, because then I could take it on the uh, river. <laughs> like it's a sessionable nine percent. I could go float down the river with this. Yeah, a sessionable nine percent. For those of you who I don't love live this in... guy, I totally love doing the show with you. You say things like it's a sessionable nine percent. So for those that. of you who don't live in Texas, we have we have the uh, Kamal and the Guadalupe River, and uh, this is all. 
Texas Hill Country area, and you can go sit your butt in an inner tube and float around for four to six hours mm-hmm. baking in the sun, which doesn't you, sound like fun, but you, when you when you add beer and a cigar to that, it's mm-hmm. actually pretty entertaining. Well, you've talked about the fact that you love to smoke those big old grande cigars. Oh, yeah, cigars. yeah, the 7x70, yeah. the 8x80, yeah, mm-hmm. the JFRs or the bomb, the big payback. <laughs> yeah, man, there's, a, there's nothing like getting in the river and then going a three-hour float and still smoking your cigar as you're walking back to your campsite. And then you go back to your campsite and drink whiskey. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of whiskey, uh, Tasting Table, which is a very interesting website, tastingtable.com. This is a a website that has done a list of what they claim are the best whiskeys of 2023, the best bourbons of 2023 so far. Uh, So let me run through this list for you. Uh, The first one on the list is Barrel Barrel Private Releases Whiskey DJX2. I've not had the DJX2. Now, Barrel, every single barrel is different, so you have to go actually look at the number in the bottle to get the right one. It's all very interesting. And the the color. Next on the list is Bowmore Masters Selection, 22 years old. Have you you seen that? that that? Does that have a price on it? I bet it's expensive. Uh, let me see if it says uh, $450. That's all. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, Breckenridge Sexy Motor Oil Series 3. Uh, it's a delicious game of table tennis, they say, between two unrelated but friendly companies, Breckenridge Brewery and Breckenridge Distillery who use uh, bourbon barrels uh, to make their uh, imperial stout. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, this this looks very interesting. Chattanooga Silver Oak Cabernet Cask Finished. I have not had or seen that whiskey. I don't know if you have. Uh, I haven't. Glen Alashi 2012 Vintage Cuvée Wine Cask Finish, which uh, looks pretty they say it looks like bottled amber, but it's not nearly old enough to clone dinosaurs from. Still, it's a nine-year age statement and a decent spot, they say, for a scotch. That picture is beautiful. Glen, Glendronic Cask, Stric- Cask Strength Glendronic. Batch 11. Yeah, uh, they have that one Man, on their list. I had list. a 97 Glendronic that I don't know if you remember, but I brought it on the show. and we just yes. like, Oh, it was wonderful. It was. So I remember good. it being wonderful. Uh, Glengoyne, 15 years, uh, is on the list. I have not had Glengoyne at all. Heaven Hill Heritage Collection, 20-year-old Kentucky straight corn whiskey. Heaven Hill's the easy. List. That's all good. Uh, yeah. It, it's, tough to, it's tough to go against uh, um, Heaven Hill. And this was basically one where they said, what would happen if we took our regular cast strength and aged it five times longer? And, right. And that's, uh, that's where that one came from. High West Bur- Burai, 2023. B-O-U-R-Y-E. Burai which sounds like something a Marine would say. And Jack Daniels, 12-year-old Tennessee whiskey. Thoughts? Jack Daniels, everything that's not the old number seven is mm-hmm. pretty darn good. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I haven't tried it, but uh, everything. It's a much higher proof than old number seven. Everything sure. that isn't the old number seven is pretty dang good. Hard for me to argue with this next one. Knob Creek, seven-year-old Kentucky straight rye. Any Knob Creek Got is Got a bottle of that at home, man. and it's fabulous. Stranahan's 2023 Diamond Peak Batch number two, Extra Añejo Cask. Stranahan's out of Colorado, isn't it? Yeah, I believe that is uh, true. And Whistlepig Beholden. A twenty-one year makes the uh, it's real list. hard to go wrong with whiskey. Yep, yep. So, uh, so there's your list of uh, uh, the best the best whiskeys released so far in 2023, according right to now. Tasting Table. How do I get a job at Tasting Table? You're right. Uh, let me see if I can find a, 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 a application online here while we take a break. It's smoking and toasting. <laughs> Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. 
craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. That's what we're all about. It's almost as if my Apple Watch knows that I'm just sitting here drinking because it's telling me, time to stand, time to stand. Like It's like, it's like, come on, dude, don't just sit there. Me and, and you are on totally stand. different pages. I was yeah. listening to that song, and I was thinking, wow, this makes me want to bite my bottom lip a little bit mm-hmm. and then pump my fists a little bit. Oh, yeah, I like, I like that. I like when you're doing that. I want to reflect on uh, this show uh, as it comes to a close. But first, Ian, I've got another item. Because I don't, uh, when I give you suggestions for my gift list for like uh, this I feel Christmas, like, I feel like this needs some uh, musical yeah. padding behind it. Go when ahead. I give you these suggestions, I don't want you to feel like you've got to do that one thing. I want to give you multiple suggestions, and then you can surprise me, right? That way, I, that way it's not like I know what you're going to get me for the holidays, right? So I, I, I'd, I'd really like a bourbon. Uh, and, and a particular bourbon. Uh, it's one that's going to be launched into outer space, uh, launched into orbit and aged in outer space for a full year. And you could just go ahead and like buy it for me, and then when it can comes we, can back we pre-order to Earth, those? yeah, when it comes back to Earth, then uh, then I can you know th- I can fulfill now, the order. I, well, hold on, I don't understand. Are they, are they sending mm-hmm. a, a barrel in outer space? Or I mean, are they sending a bottle in outer space? Well, what are they doing? I, I'm not completely sure, but you've heard of bourbon aged on ships, right? Or yeah, in rail yeah. cars, or pummeled with heavy metal music. But a new craft distillery, or one craft <laughs> pummeled distillery, with heavy metal yeah. Music. Well, that's what it says oh, in the article great. in the Rob Report. <laughs> uh, the, but this particular uh, distillery is launching its whiskey into orbit. For a year of outer space aging, no one will get to try oh. this bourbon for at least four years. It's, it's, so it remains to be seen it's if it's worth the price It's being lovingly exposed yeah. to a sub-zero vacuous... And, and solar uh, uh, rays and stuff. Solar, mm-hmm. UV exposure, yeah. everything, yeah. right? So, yeah. Anyway, it's only $75,000. So, uh, <laughs> well. yeah, I'm just saying. Add it to the list and... and Surely you'll find something on the list that'll be an appropriate gift. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I'm willing to wait, you know, the four years. It's okay. <laughs> but, but you know, you send me like a little card that says, that says I have, this will I be have, happening right, in four uh, years. Yeah, I have reserved this for you. You'll have it in four years. On the back of that <laughs> card, saying. it has a contract saying, if you expire before then, yeah, then I get the whiskey, right? Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And then you, but see, I, I don't like that. Then it's like, it's like the devious husband who's taken out a uh, life insurance policy on his wife, and she has to constantly look over her shoulder. Right? You've seen that Hallmark movie. You mean the devious co-host who takes out? Uh, That's right. That insurance, insurance policy on, on the, the uh, whiskey that he bought for uh, his, the host, uh, his, right? his his other host. Uh, uh, I mean, no, yeah, I've never exactly. seen that movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm um, pretty sure. Hey, hey. Pretty sure it's on the Hallmark Channel, and I'm pretty sure Eddie Van Halen's ex-wife is on it, Valerie Bertinelli. Put That's what I'm saying. For me again. What? No, I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> By the way. I watched that movie not too long ago. Clint Eastwood's <laughs> awesome in that, by the he way. Is. He really is. Uh, speaking of awesome, boy, have we had some good stuff on this show today. And I'm, I'm trying to inhale it right now. <laughs> <laughs> we started out with the mystery beer, the mystery beverage that you brought, which was actually quite the good. Black was, the Black Quad from Real Quad. Ale is yeah, yeah, really, it was good. really good. And then we went into the uh, Summer Ale, the Sunny Pale Ale from Brooklyn Brewery. Uh, we had this very interesting Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ale uh, Golden Ale. Uh, and then we went to the rum, and I'm still enjoying this rum because it's so so good. This rum uh, makes me <laughs> makes me beg a few questions, such as, "Yep, what would you do with a drunken sailor?" Uh, and how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? There's that. I think we asked that question on last week's drinking news, and and did not really come up with a successful answer, as far as I can tell. But I will tell you this. 
Drunken Sailor or no, that's a damn fine that's rum. It's really, really good. good rum. Yeah, really Tarnation's is. good. Yeah. The uh, Brooklyn Everything Summer Ale. Good. Even our show beers. <laughs> it was me. pretty darn good. Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ale. A little mm-hmm. sour, but also mm-hmm. quite good. Yeah, I mean, everything. This was just one of those shows where everything kind of worked, at least yeah. be, at least the beverages. I don't know how well drunken, Drinking News worked, but the beverages worked. <laughs> drunken News? Drunken that's, news. That's, a whole, that's, that's a new segment. This has been a high ABV day, okay? Yes, it so is. I can be... Uh, I can be excused for manipulating my <laughs> consonants slightly. Um, uh, you, you can say manipulating consonants, but not drunken news. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> totally works, dude. It totally works. Uh, I do want to say thanks to everybody for uh, supporting the show. You we do rock. have a very big week coming up next week with show number 333. And if you think that I'm a little buzzed now, oh, you just wait until next week's show. It's going to be out of hand. It's going to be absolutely out of hand. Thank you, everyone, for being here and being a part of the program. We appreciate it. Thanks to Adam in the cloud. Uh, thanks to Mary. Thanks to um, uh, to everybody who is a part of Smoking and Toasting. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you. Terry Michaels on the Wheels of Steel. Have a great week, my friends, and we will be back to visit with you once again next week and next week's show. Remember, it's a special one. We're going to have so many different guests. We're going to have six different microphones next week. You and I will each have a mic, and then we'll have four to share among all That's of the other guests. So, yeah, it's going to be completely, completely out of hand. Have a great week, my friends. We uh, love you and appreciate you getting us to our big anniversary show next week. It's smoking and toasting, and uh, cheers, cheers, y'all. So good to you. Whatever happens, don't leave it so soon.